you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9, we're going to look at verses 1 through 18 today. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's one located near you, underneath the seat in front of you, so you're welcome to to pull that out. We're going to read the entirety of the chapter today, Proverbs 9, verses 1 through 18. It's the beginning with verse 1. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has set out her maids and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come in here. She says to those who lack judgment. Come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways And you will live, walk in the way of understanding. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. Whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse. Do not rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Instruct a wise man and he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man and he will add to his learning. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through me, your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. The woman folly is loud. She is undisciplined. She is without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, those who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple, she says, come in here. She says to those who lack judgment, for stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of the grave. In Proverbs chapter 9, we're given the picture of two houses. Two houses, we're told, the house of folly and the house of wisdom. They're two houses which have been built by two very different women. The woman of folly has built the house of folly, and the woman of wisdom has built the house of wisdom. So we have two different women that have built two different houses, but the first thing that you and I need to note today is that though these women, wisdom and folly, though they are quite different, recognize that their call is the same. Okay, understand that the call of folly and the call of wisdom is the same. You can look there in your Bibles in Proverbs 9. Look to verse 4. It says this. This is the woman of wisdom speaking. She says, or sorry, verse 6. She says, leave your simple ways and you will live. Leave your simple ways. Verse 4 says, let all who are simple come in here. That's the woman of wisdom. Let all who are simple come in here. 
And then in verse 16, it's the woman of folly who says, let all who are simple come in here. Okay, folly, let all who are simple come. Wisdom, let all who are simple come. It's the same call coming from different women. And you and I need to note that this morning because understand this, that in the same way wisdom and folly offer to us the same call, so does Jesus in the world. That Jesus and the world, they offer to us the same call. They say to us, hey, come. Come to me if you're looking for rest. Jesus will tell you, and the world will tell you, come to me if you're looking for satisfaction, if, if you're looking for a relief from the burdens that you carry. Jesus and the world, they call to us the same thing. So did you know that Jesus is calling you today? Isn't that something? That Jesus Christ, the image of the invisible God that He would call to you as He is in heaven. He's reaching down today. He's calling out to your heart. And He's saying, hey, will you come? Will you come and find rest? Will you come and will you be filled by Me? Understand today that Jesus is calling you. But in the same way, so is the world. The world is also saying, if you would come over here with Me, I could give you satisfaction. The world is suggesting to you today, if if you would come here with me, I could set you up with a sweet place, a good place where you could live and exist and it would be wonderful for you. So Jesus in the world, they call to us in the same way. Maybe you say, well man, I didn't realize I was that popular. You know, I mean, I've always considered myself to be on the outskirts, you know, kind of a a loner. I mean, nobody's ever really seen me as super valuable or, you know, super important. You are valuable. You are very valuable. Understand that you are made. You are the workmanship of God. You're the workmanship of God. And God has destined you to play a role in the fight against good and evil. To be a part of the battle against right and wrong, against truth and lie. You are incredibly valuable. Do not be surprised that you would receive a come from more than one place. Your heart is very, very valuable. So Proverbs 9, wisdom and folly, they both beckon us to come. Jesus and the world beckon us to come. The first thing to note is, hey, the call is the same. Okay, I'm hearing come from all these different directions. The first thing to note is that the call is the same, but the second thing to notice is the substance of that call. We recognize the sameness of the call from Proverbs 9.4 and then in verse 16 with folly, come you who are simple. We recognize the sameness of the call But let's look at the substance of that call. Because understand wisdom and folly, they do not offer us the same thing. They're not offering us the same thing. You think about it in the context of advertising. Wisdom and folly, look at it as today, here in Proverbs 9, they're trying to sell you something. Wisdom and folly are offering something to you. And they both got the same slogan. Right? They're both saying, come. They're both saying, hey, you beautiful, you talented, you valuable individual, you, I want you to come over here. Wisdom and folly, they have the same slogan, but the substance is quite different. Wisdom's intention versus folly's intention. They are not the same for you. The fine print, the reality is not the same. We've probably seen those infomercials 
on television, right? Those commercials and, you know, it'll come on the TV and they'll say, Hey, if you call in right now, you have just a few more moments. And if you would call in, we will, we will give you this gorgeous, this beautiful, this shiny, this perfect, you know, maybe they would say bunny rabbit. And we'd buy it. Oh. <laughs> Hook me up. I mean, who would not want a shining, perfect, well-built, perfect bunny rabbit, right? And so we're like, man, sign me up for that. I'm going to call in. I'm going to make that call. And I'm going to get one of those. But then when it gets to the end of the commercial... Right, when it's kind of that, that last screenshot, kind of down in the bottom right, right corner, they'll, they'll have these tiny little words and, and it'll say something like, you know, shipping and handling charge, $200, you know. A free bunny ends up costing, you know, $200 for the shipping and handling. So understand that the reality of that offer, the substance, the fine print of that offer, it is not what it seemed to be. And so it is then that we need to examine wisdom, what wisdom offers. We need to examine folly. What does folly offer? Because they're both calling to us. They're both offering rest and satisfaction. But the reality, the fine print, is not the same. So how important it is that we would understand exactly what these houses offer today and exactly what the cost is, what the shipping and handling charge of folly is, what the shipping and handling charge of wisdom is, because there is a cost to both of these. There's a cost to folly and there's a cost to wisdom. But I want you to be able to make a right decision this morning, a good choice, our goal this morning is that by the end of our time, you will make the choice to answer the call of wisdom rather than the call of folly. Because you've got to pick a house. Okay? That's the only rule. That's the only thing you've got to do today. Okay? Before you eat lunch, you've got to pick a house. You either got to pick the house of folly or you've got to pick the house of wisdom. You say, well, I, want to, I don't want either of these houses. I want to build my own house. No, I'm not building another house. Okay? <laughs> There are two houses in Proverbs 9. The house of wisdom, the house of folly. You've got to pick one of those two. Okay? And my goal for you today is that you would choose that house of wisdom. So we hear the call, the sameness of the call. What about the substance? Look first at the call of folly. What precisely is folly offering to us? Uh, you can find that in verse 17 of Proverbs 9 of our passage. So in verse 17, Folly states her promise clearly what she advertises. She says, stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious. Okay, it says stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious. So in other words, you and I, we can imagine that the woman of Folly, she's out today, and as a way of advertisement, she's hanging up shingles. Okay, shingles over her door so that she can advertise to you what she offers for all those who would enter in. And from verse 17, the first advertisement, the first shingle that we see her hang is the shingle of indulgence. Okay, the woman folly in verse 17 offers to us indulgence when she says stolen water is sweet. Stolen water is sweet. Now that word uh, for stolen, the Hebrew word, it's figurative. 
And it's used in other places in Scripture to, to describe a wind that, that might come in and sweep and take whatever it will. It just sweeps down and whoosh, seizes what it wants. That's the word here that we see for stolen. You know, last Sunday after the shortcake social or uh, you know the ice cream thing, on Sunday night, there was a storm coming in. And so we rushed out into the van and we were driving down here by Carroll Road and where they've been doing all that uh, building and excavating. So there was all that, all that soil, right, that had been worked up and it was just sitting on top of the earth. And man, as we were, dri- right as we were driving, driving by, I mean, you could just see the wind and it just, whoosh, and I mean, it just took that dirt, just swept it away. And Folly's saying, listen, you come in here, you can do, you can be a sweeper. Folly's saying. Folly's saying you can come in if you want it. You can take it. If you think it, Folly's saying, you can, you can trust it. It's yours. If you feel it, you can do it. Indulge, says the woman. There's nothing off limits in this house. There's nothing forbidden here. The woman of Folly would tell us. There's nothing forbidden. You've heard the law of God. There's no law of God. There's no against the law of God. I mean, you make the rules here, baby. That's what Folly says. You can make the rules. You be the judge. So consider Folly's offer to you today, but consider also the cost. Don't forget about the shipping and the handling cost that comes along with indulgence. For understand, it was with an indulgent heart that Eve, the woman Eve, took the apple. Right? It was with an indulgent heart that King David, he looked down off his balcony and he saw the woman. And he took her. It was with an indulgent heart that Judas, the betrayer of Jesus, took the bait. Consider Folly's offering, but don't forget the cost, because, you know, the, the choice, the, the ramifications of Eve's indulgence, the ramifications of David's indulgence, the impact of Judas's greed, it caused a lot of death, didn't it? It caused a lot of death on a lot of different levels. Folly offers to use stolen water today. I wonder, are you drinking stolen water? Are you drinking stolen water in your life today? If so, I want you to understand this, that contrary to what folly would tell you, I want you to know that the laws of God, the commands of God, the truth of God, recognize the commands of Christ. Listen, they were not given to deprive you. You understand that? The commands of Christ were not given to limit you. The commands of Christ were not laid down to keep you from becoming who you can be, to become all that you can be. The commands of Christ were given to set you free, contrary to what Folly would say. Recognize Jesus Christ came to set me free. There's uh, the band Maroon 5. They're a pretty popular band. And they have a song uh, that they've been playing on the radio uh, this past year. And they play this song a lot. And there's a lyric, there's a line in this song where they ask the question, Why is the best fruit always forbidden? 
You know that line? You heard that? Why is the best fruit always forbidden? And whenever I hear that song and I hear that line, I just want to yell at the radio, it's not forbidden! (laughs) The best fruit, it is not forbidden. The best fruit is the person and the work of Jesus Christ. The best fruit is He who came and laid down His life for you. His statutes, His precepts, His wisdom, they were all laid down to winnow out the wicked that is within you. To clear out the dead. To clear out what decays and what stinks within you. They were given to hold you back. The commands of Christ, understand they were given to set you free. To help you experience life. The abundance of life. Jesus said in John 10.10, My purpose, not to limit, He says, it's to give you a rich and satisfying life. That's why I came. Jesus says that you might have a satisfying life. What do I have in my box here today? I have several things today. No puppet today, but... Alright, so I've got a cup. It's a cup of stolen water. Alright, it's filled up with lawlessness. It's filled up with lust and sin and and all those things which would go against the law of God and against the way of God. And I wonder, the cup that you're holding today, is it filled up with this kind of water? Is it filled up with stolen water? If so, I'm wondering today, is the Holy Spirit prompting you that it's time, that it's time to begin to pour out some of that water? Yeah, somebody's gonna have to clean that up. Somebody's gonna have to, to pour out this water. Because understand the folly saying, no, no, don't, don't pour it out, don't dump out that water. That water, that's something you need to, to hold on to because it's something that's gonna fill you. It's something that's gonna keep you together. Don't pour out that water. But weigh the cost of your cup. Okay? Weigh the cup of your cost today. Consider Eve. Consider David. Consider Judas who chose that door, who went in that door and the death that became them. The path that it led them down. Our goal today is to make a choice. Which house are you going to enter? Are you going to enter in to the house of folly today? Or will you make the choice to enter into the house of wisdom? Which house will you choose? So, uh, the first advertisement of folly is stolen water. It says, come, take, take, drink, indulge. You can have it. That's the first shingle that the woman folly would hang uh, above her door. The second shingle that she hangs is secrecy. Okay, secrecy is the second thing that folly would offer to you. Verse 9, chapter 9, verse 17. Food eaten in secret is delicious. She's advertising secrecy. Folly's calling to you. Listen, it's dark in here, and I want you to know we keep the lighting dim. So come on in, says the lady of folly. Recognize the folly is quite sympathetic with you. She'll sympathize with your weaknesses and that, hey, folly says, I understand that you're not comfortable 
living in the light. I recognize that you have a lot of shame in your life. I recognize that you've been rejected. You've been hurt. You don't want anything more to do with that. Your goal in life at this point is to retreat. And I want you to know, Folly says, that you can do that here. You can do that here. Behind the curtain. In the darkness. In the shadow. In the food that you eat. It will be delicious. It will be secret and it will be delicious. So enter into the secrecies of the dark. Now I have one thought um, on the darkness and it's not very deep. Okay, because, you know, when you're working with me, I mean, you're only going to get, you know, I can only go so far. Um, But listen, the thing about, and don't laugh at me because I know this is a really simple observation, but we're going to go somewhere with it. So you promise you won't laugh? No promise? (laughs) The thing about being in the dark is you can't see in the dark. Okay? The thing about being in the dark is that you can't see in the dark. And think about the implication of that. If you and I cannot see in the darkness if you and I are not able able to, to look when we're living in that secrecy how and why would we enter into it recognize that folly is asking us to enter into that folly is saying come into the darkness enter into a shadowed life a secret life a life of darkness in other words ultimately folly is an advertising secrecy you can just mark that out folly ultimately is advertising to you blindness folly's advertising blindness okay the thing about the dark is you can't see in the dark that's what folly's selling you today how's that for a, a shipping and handling charge for secrecy, your ultimate blindness, your inability to see and to discern. Ephesians 5.11 says, don't take part in doing those worthless things that are done in the dark. It says, don't take part in doing those worthless things that are done in the dark. Instead, the scripture says, know how wrong they are. It is disgusting to even talk about what is done in the dark. It is shameful even to mention that which is done in secret. Stay away from the dark. The scriptures tell us. Do you know what lives? You know what lives in the house of folly? I happen to have what lives in the house of folly in my my box this morning. I will show you uh, what lives in the house of folly. Um, they do have something of an odor. And uh, there's a little slime, a little slime involved, um, but just stay calm, okay? All right. This is what lives in the house of folly, okay? And these are fake. I went to Meyer. I went to Meyer this morning. And those worms over there, they've been there like two weeks, and they were not looking good so these are fake worms but but real real worms listen live in the house of folly and we need to understand this is the reality for those who would enter in 
to that house. Now, one of the things, you know, worms, they're quite common, right? We all have them, you know, in the yard in our house. A lot of times, if I'll go out into my yard, there'll be a stone. And if I turn that stone over, there are worms that are on top of that, that bare ground there. And have you ever noticed, what do those worms do? When you take that stone that they've hidden under for so long, you take that stone and, and you turn it over, what do those worms do? Man, they start you know, squirming and, and wiggling and, and, and they want to get out from underneath the light. They don't like the light shining on them, right? They're wanting to burrow down. They're wanting to, to tunnel down. They're wanting to go underneath. I wonder if that's your life today. You know, think about it. If, if your life, if it was to be, if it was to be held up to the light, for all to see, if your life was exposed, if, if the rock that, that you hide under, that you're living in secrecy under today, if that were to be turned over and you were to be exposed, would there be a squirm that would begin to take place within you? Is there a wiggling that would begin to happen? We'll consider that Follies offer to you today it's an offer of, of secrecy, but we must be very watchful of it. Because I want you to understand that secrecy, that's a really good indicator of sin. Okay, Secrecy can quite oftentimes indicate sin. If there's something in my life that, that I'm uh, doing that I don't want other people to know about, you know, I'm sneaking around on, on some level uh, of, of secrecy, that should be a red flag for the Christian. Okay, secrecy should be a red flag for the Christian. That should be a warning. That should be an area of concern for me. Why am I so secretive about this? Why is it so important to me that I would hide it today from others? You know, we've heard the phrase, where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, I'd suggest to you where there's secrecy, there's often sin. Okay, where there's smoke, there's often, where there's smoke, there's fire. Where there's secrecy, there is sin. Now you think about yesterday. Okay, so we'll just take like midnight Friday to midnight last night. So you got those 24 hours there. And, and just think about it. If you were to go through each part of your day, everything you thought or said or did, but you, know, you just lived your life, if, if you were to, to record midnight to midnight, how would you feel about holding that up in the light? If you were to hold your Saturday to the light so that, that everyone could see, is there something there in your Saturday that would cause you to squirm? that will cause you to want to wiggle and burrow down. You know, I want you to know that's a goal for me as a pastor. That I could take, that I could take my life and, you know, I don't do uh, Facebook, but, you know, maybe I'd have one of you take it and, hey, post it on Facebook. This was Pastor Shane's Midnight to Midnight. You know, that's my goal. I want you to be able to see into the life of your pastor and know, hey, from midnight to midnight, he was living within the will of God. He was obeying, he was following his precepts and his statutes. And my question for you is, is that your goal today? 
Is that what you're seeking after? Or is there something secret that you're holding on to today? The woman folly says, listen, if you've got something secret, that's okay. You can come in here. Bring your secrecies here. They're delicious. We love secrecies. We think they're pleasant. But Ephesians 5, verse 8, verse 9, and verse 10. Ephesians 5, verse 8 says, For you were once full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. Verse 9 says, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. And then listen to verse 10. It says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. It says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. What's that say? What does it mean to determine, determine what pleases the Lord? It's saying, fix your brain on what brightens, not on what blinds. That verse is saying when when you're determining what the Lord would have, it would say to fix your brain on what brightens, not on what is going to blind. For what pleases the Lord is living in His light. So do you and I, do we need to make a choice today? There's a choice that needs to be made. Do I have stolen, stolen water in my cup? Lawlessness, forbiddens, a list of sins, things that I'm holding on to and I'm taking and as I indulge, as my, as my once so desire, I just take a hold of what's stolen. Do we need to become not this? Do we need to begin to live in the light to grow and become who God created for us to be? Do we need to step out of the shadow and into the glorious and into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ? You and I, we need to make a decision today. The stolen water that I have in my cup, is it pleasing the Lord? Carefully determined today. The food that I eat in secrecy, does it honor Him? May we determine that today. Folly's call to you today is to come. It's sweet. It's delicious. It's pleasant. Here, consider Folly's call, but consider the cost. Consider the shipping and the handling of indulgence, the shipping and handling that comes along with secrecy. So Folly's call is to come. Come to me, all you who are simple. Folly's call is to come. And likewise, that is the same call, just as it is with Jesus in the world, that we would come. It's the same call that we hear from the woman of wisdom. The woman of wisdom is also calling you to come today. But recognize that the woman of wisdom, the things that she is offering to you, the things that she is advertising to you, it's something quite different than folly. And so, in fact, the first uh, shingle that we could imagine the woman of wisdom would come out uh, and offer to us is life. Okay? The woman of wisdom, she offers to us life. We can see that in verse 9 of Proverbs, verse 6 of Proverbs 9. She says, leave your simple ways and you will live. Wisdom offers us life, 
by leading us to the God of life. Okay, how, how could wisdom offer life? Well, wisdom offers us life by leading us to the God of life. Who is this God of life? Well, Psalm 107 describes Him for us when, when it says He turns deserts into fertile fields, this God of life. It says He brings the hungry to settle there, to build their cities, to sow their fields, to plant their vineyards, and reap this God of life. And so you and I need to understand that God, the wisdom of God, is life. The wisdom of God is life. I love the story of the woman at the well in John chapter 4. And you think about that woman in her whole life, She'd been coming to this well, day after day, month after month, year after year. Her entire life, this woman had had come seeking. Why did she come again and again and again to that well? Because she couldn't get filled. There wasn't enough water in the world that could parch her thirst. There wasn't enough food in the world that that could, could fill her stomach. And so day after day, this woman would come. And day after day, this woman, she would search and she would try to find satisfaction. She was trying to find purpose. She was trying to find peace. All these different ways, all these different areas of her life, she was looking for peace and love and joy. And she couldn't find it till one day, just regular, simple day, And this lady, just like she had all those other days, she came to the well and there was this man whose name was Jesus. And Jesus told her, you know what, I have water. And Jesus told her that the water that I give, he said, you know, it will be a perpetual spring that will rise up within you. Jesus told the woman, if you will drink of the water that I will give, it will spring up into a well of everlasting life. You know what the woman said, right? Give me some of that water. I mean, that's like everlasting gobstopper. You know, if somebody offers you a gobstopper, you take it. You take that thing. Yeah, the woman said, give me some of that water. I want to be, be filled. And maybe you feel like that woman today. You know, maybe you feel like that woman and you've just been going through life. It just seems year after year and you're searching and you just can't get full. There's always something missing within you. You feel like that woman. Never enough. Never full. The water that you drink, it doesn't quench. The food that you've tried to eat, the things that you've seen and you've bought and and you've consumed, it just hasn't filled you up enough. You know what's happening there? You know why that is? It's because you're not experiencing the life of God. That's why you're empty. That's why you're like that woman and you have to keep coming back to the well day after day, rain or snow. Hot or cold, you've got to come back to that well because you're always empty. You're always trying to fill. The problem is, is you're not experiencing the life with God. You're experiencing the life that Ecclesiastes talks about. That's the life that is without God. The life where all is vanity. It's the kind of life where everything is, is lost. It's, it's meaningless. Understand that without the holy, all that awaits you is dust. Okay, you understand that? Without the holiness of God as a part of you, all that would await, 
All that would await is dust. Understand what wisdom is offering to you today if you want to live, if you are longing for the kind of water that Jesus says is a perpetual spring that will spring up within you, that will water you forever with eternal life. Wisdom says if you want that, here's what you need to do. And she tells us in verse 6. Then turn from your simple ways. The woman of wisdom says if you would come in and take hold of life, you must turn from your simple ways. What does that mean? What does it mean to turn from my simple ways? Well, to put it simply, the woman of wisdom is telling you to leave your animal mind. Okay? Turn from my simple ways. Leave my animal mind. What, what does that mean? Ephesians 2 talks uh, about the animal mind. When it talks about uh, life apart from God, it says that we set about doing every, every wicked thing that our passions or our evil thoughts might lead us into. So the animal mind, it's driven by passion. The animal mind is driven uh, by evil and impulse. But God, we're told, it says God is so rich in mercy and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. So, so what that's saying is like the woman at the well, you know, you and I, we, we were dead in our head. Deadheads. You and I, we were deadheads. We, we lived life with an animal mind. We were dead in our sin, but it was God who gave us life through Jesus Christ. Do you have a parched throat today? Do you have a growling that is in your gut? Jesus said in John 6.35, I'm the bread of life. Jesus said in John 6.35, if you will come to me, you will never be hungry again. He says, if you thirst, you'll never be thirsty again. I'm the bread of life. I'm the water of life. Jesus Christ is the one who can fill you with life. Wisdom advertises to you life. Turn from your simple ways and live. That's the first single, the first thing that wisdom would offer us in our passage. And then the second thing, the second offering from wisdom is understanding. So the woman of wisdom, she promises us understanding. The second half of Proverbs 9, verse 6, it says, Walk in the way of understanding. Well, what's, what's the way of understanding? Well, it defines it for us here in Proverbs 9, verse 10. What is understanding? It says, The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 9, verse 10. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So what is understanding? It is the knowing of the Holy One. You know, I've been reading uh, Richard Baxter lately, and he was a Puritan in the 17th century. And I got, <clears throat> I got to reading him because uh, Charles Spurgeon, he was a big time, you know, preacher way back in the day. And so he'd, you know, Sunday he'd be preaching, preaching all weekend. So Sunday night he'd get home. Man, that guy was worn out. So he'd have his wife, he called her wifey, 
And he'd say, wifey, go get Baxter. And so Charles Spurgeon would have his wife read Richard Baxter to him on Sunday nights. And I read that and I, I thought, well, man, I need to tap into some of that. So I told Nicole, get your reading glasses out because I'm going to have you read me Richard, Richard Baxter. And she hasn't, but, you know, and I, but I haven't, you know, I was being silly. I mean, I wasn't like, you know, I expect, I'm not going to call you wifey. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that. If you, if your wife wants to be called wifey, call her wifey. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, the thing, the thing about Richard Baxter, I mean, everything the guy said was gold. Stream, we have to be reading those individuals who walk so close to the face of God. I've been reading through the Old Testament, you know, reading those prophets, and I love to read the prophets, and I just keep going back to them. Why? Because they saw visions of God. They knew God. They walked with God. God spoke to them, and they in turn. That's what I want. I want that kind of a knowledge of the Holy One, that kind of a purity, that kind of a right understanding. Verse 10 says it's going to be through the knowledge of Him. It's going to be through the knowledge of the Holy One. Richard Baxter, he said something a lot. The reason I brought him up was I was going to give you a quote. His quote's a lot better than, you know, mine about the dark. You know, well, if you think about the darks, you can't see in the dark, you know. This is a lot better than that, okay? Richard Baxter, he said, Nothing can be rightly known if God is not known. It's understanding right there. He said, Nothing can be rightly known if God is not known. In the same way, no study can be well managed if God is not studied. He's saying that that without God, he's saying without the knowledge of God, right knowing, right understanding, it is not possible. For if God is truth, then truth cannot be found without first finding God. If God is truth, then truth cannot first be understood without first understanding God. To walk in the way of understanding you and I, we must know God. We must have a knowledge of the Holy One. To walk in a way of understanding. But may we not forget the cost. The shipping and handling charge of life and understanding in the way of God. Because there is a cost. There's a great cost. Proverbs 4, 7 says that wisdom is supreme. Therefore get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Though it costs everything you have, listen, to know Christ, that will cost you something. To know Christ, it will cost you, you. Okay, to know Christ will cost me, me. To know Christ. It will cost you yourself. It will cost you all of the natural man. It will cost you everything that your flesh holds dear and loves. It will cost that to find life 
to find understanding. Matthew 16.25, whoever would save his life, you're going to lose it. But you lose your life. For me, it says you'll save it. That we would seek after the giver today. That you and I, that we would make a choice. I'm going to seek after the one who gives life. For the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So you have to make a choice today. Will you choose the way of understanding? Romans 11 encourages us. Romans 11 comes alongside and it says, Guys, guys, you got to listen up. you got to hear this. Because wisdom, it is supreme. It says, oh, the depths and the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. It says, how unsearchable are His judgments and unfathomable His ways for who has not known the mind of the Lord or who has become His counselor. Romans 11 saying, guys, the depths, the riches, the substance, there is such a substance to the call of wisdom. Find life here. It's a perpetual spring. It is an everlasting spring. Find understanding. Here, the knowledge of the Holy One, the depth, of the riches that cannot be fully described. So Proverbs 9, it paints the picture of two houses. They're built by two women. We've got the woman of wisdom and the woman of folly. Okay, they're both giving to us the same call today. They're saying, hey, come, find rest. You can find satisfaction here. So they offer the same call. But when we look into the substance of the call, we see that those calls are quite different. For folly is offering to you indulgence. Folly is offering secrecy. We talked about the implications of that. And in the same way then, wisdom is not offering indulgence or secrecy, but wisdom is offering life and it's offering understanding. We talked about the implications of that. We've looked at how the call is the same. Let all who are simple come, but the substance is quite different. And listen, so it is with Jesus in the world. So it is with the God of heaven who would call you today to come and to be a part of His family, to come and to walk step by step with His Son and the call of the world, which would say, come and and you fill yourself with what you see fit. You come and you fill yourself with what you Desire. Before we make the choice, I'll give you the, the reality of wisdom and the reality of folly from Proverbs 9. The summary of it. Proverbs 9.11 says, this is wisdom. For through me your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, wisdom will reward you. That's the reality of wisdom. The reality of folly you can find in verse 18 of Proverbs 9. The reality of folly is that little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of the grave. It says little do they know that the dead are behind that curtain, that her guests, the guests of folly, they lie down in the depths of the grave. Stream, both, both of these houses are calling your name today. They're calling you because you are valuable. You are made by God. God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. He has chosen you for specific works. 
to further His kingdom, to honor His name. God has chosen you. So yes, you're wanted. You're wanted desperately today. You are wanted desperately by many because of whom you've you've been, because of whom you've been made by, because of what you've been made for. So listen, if you're currently lining up today at the door of folly, I mean, we can imagine, you know, I mean, this would be the world. Right, that would line up at this door, and we can imagine people. You know, they're just uh, lined up all down the down the aisle here, and, and out the door uh, into the parking lot. A lot of people are lined up towards this house of folly. But you can make the choice today to step out of that line and to walk over here to the, the to the house of wisdom, where life is found, where understanding. Is found. The scripture says that all who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. If you will make that choice through the power of the Spirit, wisdom, the life and understanding that is found with her can be yours. I'd encourage you to take hold of it today. You need to do that. Do you need to make a choice to step from one? house to another if you got stolen water I got that cup I got to dump it out are you wiggling like a worm in Jesus Christ that life is not a necessity to wiggle in Jesus Christ you don't have to live like that for it's Jesus that sets us free that gives us that abundant life if you bow your heads with me And we began with a picture this morning in Proverbs 9, picture of the house of folly, picture of the house of wisdom. Since we began with a picture, let's end with a picture. And I just want to picture, I want you to picture yourself. Which door do you stand in front of today? Which advertisements have you been pursuing in your heart? Have you been going after indulgency, living in secrecy, or have you been lining up for life? Have you been pursuing after understanding? Holy Spirit, how I pray for each heart here that you would open them. Holy Spirit, that you would enter into us and that you would help us to see the realities of what's behind our curtains. And Spirit, we pray for your presence because it's only through your presence, it's only with your ability, it's only with your power that we can walk towards the light. Jesus, it's only with you that my heart can hate what is bad. Cause me to hate like I've never hated before. (laughs) Give me holy hatred for sin. A holy hatred for indulgence. A holy hatred of secrecy. And a love for the light. 
and just give you a moment to offer yourself to the king. Share with him what's on your heart. He's here. He's calling to you. Share with him what's on your heart. Father, I long for life. I long for understanding. I pray for that holy hatred of sin. That I would despise, that I would scourge folly's call over me. I'd want nothing of it. But only what is right. Only what is good and pure and bright. I pray for each heart. For Father, sin, it it can be such a shackle. Uh, the, The ropes can be so strong and so many that we need You. And we can try to get up, but we're hurting. We try to get up, but we're falling. And we stumble again and again. And I just pray through the power of Christ that You would fill them up as they have never been filled before. Holy Spirit, come and touch them now. God, I pray for that one who's calling out to You that You today would give them victory over sin. Holy Spirit, fill them up. Give them victory over the things that entangle, the things that hold them down. And that in every moment, in every way, they would call out to you for how weak we are, how quickly we stumble. But Jesus, it's because of that that we see you and know you and love you and long to be in your presence. So Father, I thank you for each person that's here. I pray that you'd bless them, that you'd fill them up with your love, and they would leave this morning knowing I had an opportunity to meet with the Heavenly Father, and I heard His voice, and I made the choice that I was going to follow after Him. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.